0: Till shade is gone.
1: Till water is gone.
0: Into the shadow with teeth bared.
1: Screaming defiance with the last breath.
0: To spit in Sightblinder's eye on the last day.
1: By my honor and the light.
0: My life will be a dagger for Sightblinder's heart.
1: Until the last day. To To child ghoul itself.
0: This is a Dagger for Sightblinder, a podcast focused on all things Wheel of Time with your hosts,
1: Sarah Lucas
0: and Adam Tricola. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of a Dagger for Sightblinder. May you find shade this day. Sarah, how are you today?
1: I'm good, how are you?
0: (laughs) I'm good were you drinking something just now so rude (laughs) you you were being so rude to me i was like all right we'll wait till she's drinking something get started
1: (laughs) as soon as you did i was like that was intentional
0: (laughs) absolutely yep (laughs) so well timed you mean
1: yeah sure Mm -hmm tons of shade to start this start this day
0: i'm glad you have a good drink
1: yeah that i didn't spit out
2: did you not (laughs) i didn't
1: all right Uh, all right back to it
0: back to it yeah so um we've changed again we've altered the deal further (laughs) Because I know. All right, we're trying to get ahead of uh, you know, like there's there's going to be something that one of us is gone for a week and is going to be unavailable. We want to continue to have weekly content, and so mm-hmm. uh, we've been we've been kind of scheduling things uh, a little bit uh, you know more frequently, and so that means that be, uh, like. We have we have real lives and so our schedule keeps getting messed up. And so we, we, I think we said last time we are going to going to do six chapters. Now we're doing what, eight chapters today, instead. You
1: think so? I think so.
0: Yeah. We were going to do
1: thirty-seven to forty-two or forty-three, I think.
0: Okay, so we're doing more. And
1: now we're doing thirty-seven to forty-five.
0: Oh, that's, uh, that's disturbingly close to 10. In fact, I think it's nine, niner. Is that nine? The old 10 would be one off of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is nine, I think, maybe, okay. perhaps. So anyways, we, <laughs> sorry if you guys only read a few, we're like, hey, we're gonna read this many, This, but I think this time we can, you can rely on, yeah. this time you can rely on us. Um, we're yeah. going to be reading to what? I, normally, you're the one who handles this discussion. I don't know how you tricked me into talking about it this time.
1: I I don't know. Um, okay, so this week we're going to do 37 to 45 because, like you said, we we altered the schedule a little bit, so we went a little bit ahead.
0: Pray we but don't also, alter it further.
1: Right, but also, I mean, you you had a good point. Like we, it, it makes sense to keep going to the end of an arc, and we were basically in the middle. Like, if we had only read until the end of 42, like, we'd be right in the middle of some good, good stuff. Yeah. Um, So it kind of makes sense to just go to the end of the arc, which means that, like, I should probably not arbitrarily pick chapters and have you vet them or something before I decide where we're going to end them. Um, But, yeah, so we'll go to 45. And then the next couple episodes, we won't alter the schedule because we're almost we're almost there
0: almost there heck yeah cool so so that's fun yeah yeah
1: yeah um there's no show news
0: yeah so they finished shooting yeah and then nothing
1: nothing no date nothing
0: yeah um no date i mean that that's fine because we know there's going to be one Right. i think I think the thing that makes me nervous i I, I get the sense mm-hmm. and this is just me conjuring out, up in my mind. like I haven't been like scouring the sources and like trying to get insights on on the you know mindset of of Amazon or whatever. like, uh, you know, I haven't been like studying their trends or, whatever, but i I do it just feels like if they have waited this long to announce season three. Mm-hmm. They're waiting to see what season two looks like that they're, they're not going to wait until right. it airs. I don't think, but they'll, they'll wait until it's like, Oh, okay. Like this looks like a good show or no, like this looks like crap. And we're, we're just going to throw it away because we have other good fantasy series coming along.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, well, they started filming season two before season one even aired. So they've been filming right. season two for a while um and so i wonder if they will like what you're saying if if they will you know wait until a few months before season two starts and then be like yeah okay we'll do it and you can start filming
0: yeah so i wonder that too
1: but uh none of that's confirmed
0: nothing's confirmed ever no If confirmed all, then it's unconfirmed
1: all speculation
0: yeah so, so. <laughs> go ahead
1: uh, on that happy note Let's
0: talk about the book
1: yeah you want to talk about the book
0: yeah guys so people who are listening to us um first off i, I guess i do want to just say you know come join our discord server and mm-hmm. talk to us if you want you know what we haven't done sarah is we haven't done any like questions kind of thing Ooh, like
1: oh yeah
0: we don't, I don't even think we have a section, but if you guys just want to go to the Discord server and ask, I don't know, just in general chat for now, just, you know, I viewer can, questions or listener questions or whatever.
1: I can rejig that server. You can rejig the server.
0: Oh, well, we don't have to. Yeah, we, I mean, we can just add one you know to it it's just like viewer questions but we would love to interact with you guys if you have questions I mean asking us about the lore is not necessarily going to be um you know I can ask some of the I can answer a lot of that stuff but I, I, I don't know what you would ask right right like I cannot
1: you know? answer it
0: <laughs> you can't no it's okay you know nothing you're like I, John Snow
1: I know nothing I'm just like the blind leading the blind over here.
0: Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and here Sarah's like trying to get me to admit, like, no, you're not blind. You know things. So I'm like, no. Nope.
1: I know nothing.
0: Nothing. No. You know, you know almost four books worth. It's uh yeah. that's actually what the, the whole series is what 14 i guess 15 if you count the prequel one so once we're done with this we will be over a quarter of the way done
2: okay
1: sort of it, yeah sort of what sort of over a quarter of the way done not really not really well f- if it's 14 books we're only done four four of them i guess we are never mind carry on
0: did they change math in canada they did okay <laughs> i was like no i'm, I'm almost I, like i don't i don't know what the ambiguity here is so i'm, I'm waiting <laughs> share your canadian insight
1: <laughs> zero insight so um on that note don't ask me about the lore don't ask me about math
0: <laughs> yeah she gets pissed <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay let's actually talk about the book though
0: okay good so, good news you know, the, the book has loyal to do the math for us so thank god mm-hmm. all right so spoiler disclaimer perhaps
1: yeah so we're going to talk about chapters 37 to 45 in the shadow rising
0: mm-hmm, the rising mm-hmm. shadow Oh yeah, here's the rising shadow.
1: (laughs) The shadow. (laughs) Like double checking. (laughs) What's the book called? Um, (laughs) but really anything before that in the book, and anything in the first three books, and anything in the
0: first season of the show. Yeah, anything at all. So yeah. Yeah. Shall shall we? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, cool. So chapter 37, Emray Stand. Oh
2: okay.
1: that's where we're starting with Rand. Rand and the Aiel. Oh, uh, yeah. Because we're still out in the waste. Um
0: So what happens?
1: Yeah. So they're traveling. He wants to go go farther than Emory Sam because I believe it's Rurik that's saying that they need to stop and, and camp. Um and Avienda's insisting that they stop because they need to keep be near water, I guess, which is smart. Um, and so they set up camp there and that's when they learn, Rurik learns that, like something is wrong at Emory stand. And, you know, they all kind of head towards it. They all move out there and then they realize that there's, it's deserted. There's a few, you know, goats roam, roaming around, which is weird, but, um, everyone looks like they've been slaughtered there and it's just a real lovely scene to walk into um and matt thinks it was trollocs which i mean i don't blame him for thinking this by the way i feel like if that's what you've seen then that's what you're automatically going to conclude it is and avianda says like well trollocs don't come this far into the waste so it couldn't have been trollocs
0: yeah it's uh it's disturbing
1: yeah um so now i'm kind of like when she says that it's like okay so they either do come that far into the waste all of a sudden for whatever reason or something else is happening
0: right both are
1: both are not fun thoughts like when you think about it like i mean
0: good yeah it's it's unpleasant certainly Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. um yeah and then this is where where avienda ends up scolding rand about like who he belongs to um and if he mm. belongs to elaine and he has like this really i i really enjoyed this and just kind of like it felt like he just snapped at her and was like i don't belong to anybody and i was like yeah you tell her
0: <laughs> well she's being so obnoxious man like she she really is just pretty pretty thorn in the side ish
1: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. she's, she's not dropping this this whole Elaine thing, which is I don't know feels feels weird that she's so hyper focused on this
0: yeah but. no it, it is it is weird it's it's like I, well and yeah she's she's just a strange person I mean mm mm-hmm. I, I always, I always wonder what I, what to think about, about her in this, in this segment. Cause she's, um, she's just all over the place, uh, but, but angry, like she's, she's just yeah. consistently such, and you're like, what, what's going on with her? And Robert Jordan's just like, Oh, she's, she's just a petulant child. So she's- we actually, we actually had a really good insight from, from one of our, uh, some, from a comment on our discord server. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people were saying, like, well, yeah, like all, all of these younger characters are, you know, they they have they have issues here. Right. Um, you know, like there's they are definitely um you know immature and they're they're a hot mess. And
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, I, I mean a lot of a lot of the joy in this though is actually like the characters growing out of some of these things. Right. maturing and so I don't know Avienda's not being mature or awesome and you know a lot of a lot of people aren't I I think I think it was a it was a good reminder though I'm like man I guess maybe I should stop complaining about characters as much as I do
1: (laughs) well you know what though it's it, it is a good reminder because it's also still one of those things where I keep forgetting that they are younger then like i'm just assuming they're in their like late not assuming but i for whatever reason i'm falling into this pattern of thinking if they are in their late 20s early 30s like i'm just like yeah they're they're
0: yeah like in the same adults the same position as you and i roughly you know approximately
1: right and i'm like keep forgetting like right. 18
0: no well so so if yeah that. like like as an example i mean i i just i just finished watching spider-man 3 Mm -hmm. and uh there's there's a relationship between two teenagers and there's one point that one of the teenagers says something really mature and i it just struck me i was like they're not uh, like that this is the kind of thing i would expect from a mature couple like for like from teenagers i would expect like why aren't you talking to me more often you know like right like like the the immature like I it's all about me and how I feel and I can't understand it either and so I'm angry and I'm gonna lash out like you know like that that's that's more typical of a teenager but Mm -hmm. but this person and the you know I'm not really going through links not to spoil anything but but like I, I was I was like oh well that that was a mature oh well, well it was probably written by someone in their 30s or 40s or something
1: right <laughs> and then you're like oh yeah, teenagers. yeah that, I'm like, I, that makes sense
0: yeah yeah like I don't I don't know that a teenager would be able I mean I guess you find a startling degree of maturity in some people here and there I know I know when I was a teenager as a hot mess but I had these moments of clarity you know right of like insight of oh this is how it should be and it all clicked mm-hmm. and then the next mo- people were probably like oh nice he gets it he's, he's like he-. and then the next i take a step you know the next step i'm like and now i'm a teenaging teenager <laughs> yeah know, like
1: <laughs> everything's a disaster yeah
0: yeah but but you have moments of clarity but anyways mm-hmm. just uh just a thought. So appreciate appreciate the comments there. I thought that was good. So,
2: yeah.
1: Which, I mean, okay. So, speaking about that, this is actually a really good tie in because so Avianda's scolding him and they're, you know, being all teenager-y, teenagery and not really mature. So, Rand does the really mature thing and he walks off to go practice swords with land because he knows Avianda won't follow him there and will leave him alone.
0: I think that's great.
1: Like, i thought it was great too but it's it just tied in so well to what we were talking about i had to point it out because it's it's exactly like what you would do you that's like the most petty you're like well you won't follow me i'm gonna go do something you purposely don't like so you will
0: leave yeah. me alone i think yeah. that's wonderful yeah, yeah delightful well what what other recourse does he have if he just wants to you know yeah i mean he wants a moment of peace <laughs>
1: um okay so Rand does this and then we go to matt and he's kind of like sitting and realizing that all of these memories are um flooding him and like these holes in his memory are filling and they're all past battles and cities mm-hmm. and all of these things um um from but it's phrased in a way it's kind of like it's like he's seeing them from the viewpoint or experiencing it from 100 different men
0: like if they're not which i'm just one person
1: yeah yeah exactly so and then he also realizes in this time that he is fluent in the old tongue not just like bits and pieces like beforehand but can fully you know speak it and understand it again yeah um and now we have jason mattiel is asking him all about rand and their travels and he's just like hyper focused on wanting to know all about rand and then especially about ruudine and what you know what they saw in Rudy and what Matt saw on and what was there, like all all of these details just so hyper focused on learning them. Um and Matt just kind of like skips over it and he, you know, he mentions the buildings and the tree of life, but he's like doesn't mention the bubble of evil, definitely doesn't mention the tar angry all and just it's keeping these details kind of close to his chest, which I don't blame them for because it's kind of sketch
2: yeah
1: so excuse me um yeah and then they have dinner
0: so all i'll say about that is yeah there's certain there's certain elements of, of all of this that like you could probably really benefit from reading this a second time, like all of this a second time once you've once you get to like the end of the book ish. Okay. I, I okay. think like not, not that you need to or anything, but um th- this is one of the really cool ways that Robert Jordan writes is he's like he he writes all these things that it's like, oh, that's why so and so did such and such. But but they don't mm. like, you know. Like, oh, I understand that motivation now. I understand this insight. I have insight to this, but mm-hmm. you don't we don't understand it now. It's just like, okay. So they had that interaction. Great. Right. So uh, yeah. Once you've read, once you've read this, like I I've just finished the book. So I'm it's all very fresh in my mind of exactly, you know, like some of the things, some of the things. Um yeah. So Okay. Yeah. okay. I'll
1: go back and read it. Again. oh you don't
0: no don't don't go back and read it <laughs> now you have to wonder if i'm if i'm telling you that to trick you into actually like force you into it like trick you into doing it or uh, you know otherwise
1: i don't have to wonder anything
0: you don't you're not the one with thoughts no <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man um <laughs> Yeah, so they have dinner and then after dinner like Jason is he's singing this song about a Manhattan battle mm-hmm. and Matt remembers it differently from how he's singing it, which I thought was interesting as well. And then I feel mm-hmm. like maybe this ties into also why he is asking all of these questions, but we'll see when I may or may not reread the chapter.
0: Once you've um, decided what my motivations were for saying that.
1: Correct. Um
0: <laughs> I, i'm just glad i'm just glad that whatever i did is going to be the reason you you did what you do
1: maybe we don't know yet
0: yeah we don't you know will yet. you will
1: oh man um but then trollocs attack after so trollocs are there
0: they are indeed
1: which like you know avian was like no they don't come this far into the waste but they do apparently. Oh, hey yep they're
0: there so who won this is where rand dies right
1: (laughs) yeah story's over
0: oh game over
1: the end um yeah so then we are back with rand afterwards and he basically
0: just goes to sleep
1: and at the end is stays stays outside of his tent the whole night because she's got problems i guess
0: oh so we're not okay so the yeah the battle happens and yeah yeah so that they um Gosh, your notes don't even. They're like Trollocs Trollox attack. Yeah, oh, and then and then they they're done attacking. Yeah, so like none of the uh none, none of the after. So I mean that they're talking about like why why did they attack the way they did? Because they mm-hmm. attacked you know the Shido camp, but they attacked the the camp that... that um like so like or they're ran. trying to figure they're trying to figure out why they attacked in certain group. Like there were some, some of that, like they attacked the Shido, just it it looked like maybe they attacked the Shido just so that they wouldn't come to help at all. Like, so that. Like it was coordinated. Well, they they had a strategy in mind. Like Mm -hmm. they were, they were like, well, maybe they're trying to assassinate Rand or something like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there, there are implications there. And, you know, like, it's not just a random attack, attack. perhaps. Well, maybe it is. Who knows? What do you think? I don't
1: know. I feel like... I feel like none of their attacks have been random since the very first one in the first book. Right. Like, they've always been going for Rand, is how it's felt. Sure. So I'm not totally surprised if they keep attacking where he is no or where like the other to are
0: yeah it makes kind of sense makes some kind of sense
2: just right. curious yes
0: yeah oh yeah. Well, yeah absolutely um I th- yeah i think it's worth it's just worth looking at glancing at i, I don't know totally
1: i mean i don't know because like in that very first one you have narg the right. the OG annoying character, the OG Mac, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you have him like going after Rand, and he's clearly like th- he talks to him and is like mm-hmm. making it making it known that they are going after him specifically.
0: Yeah. No. I mean that you're right. That yeah. I uh i think i think one thing i'm reacting to here too is um mm-hmm. when i was when i was a teenager reading this like i always wanted to read all the battle scenes like that was always the stuff that always interested me the most right uh, you know and so like having you just like fast forward the battle you're like
1: i, I want the development i want to know what the character oh, yeah
0: sure sure and i i tend to i tend <laughs> to be that way too but like at, like totally you're like oh yeah and then there's a battle and then they started doing this and i'm like wait a minute wait 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 there, there's a battle like there, there, are <laughs> there are actually things that happen and, and there are i mean
1: which is it's fair not,
0: it's not worth it, yeah anyways let's let's continue I'll, I'll make sure that the next time there's a battle guys people listening next time there is some kind <laughs> of a battle i will mm-hmm. force sarah to actually discuss it mm-hmm. just a little bit okay so okay
1: Fair, fairly soon probably
0: now we're going to just uh now 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 you and i are just going to uh have, have this game where you just like try to skip battles and i'm gonna have to spot them
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: that's not fun okay. uh
1: okay any other thoughts on this chapter
0: no oh, there was a battle this chapters um otherwise we're good right
1: mm-hmm. okay so chapter 38 is hidden faces
0: um mm-hmm.
1: oh or- we're we're ruining my formatting okay you're good okay
0: stop stop whining all right
1: um so this starts with i can never say her name right again like as many times as i hear it again i again and again it's like man her eggy 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 okay cool egg face egg face We're, we're with her so she is just waiting on a report from the gelb she's in the garden of the silver breezes and she spots bale dome in there and she decides oh. to kind of sorry
0: can, can i just say something um yeah. do you recognize who gelb is
1: um isn't he um oh my gosh why am i blanking I feel like, okay, I might be, I might be wrong and getting, we literally just had this conversation before we started recording on all of the, all of the names. Um, well, I'm, for whatever reason, I'm assuming he's one of the dark friends, but.
0: Uh, so he's, um, right. so I, I think, and, and I didn't go and verify this, and maybe I'm just totally crazy, but he is, um, he's the, so in in book one, mm-hmm. you remember when Rand and Matt and Tom all go on to Bale Doman's ship? Yep,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: There's that one guy who like they all they all, like hated on him, kind of. like he was the guy who like was asleep at on guard mm-hmm. and you know like kind of let the Trollocs sneak up on the ship and everything. and so yeah. and so like he ended up getting fired by Bale Doman once they got to Whitebridge. Right. And and then he was telling everyone stories about, you know, like trying to get yeah. them all in trouble. Mm-hmm. So, so th- this is that same guy.
1: Yep. Awesome. So Aggie's like, waiting for him.
2: Mm-hmm. Cool.
1: Um. Yeah. So hey. then, so she waits for because she sees Beldoma, Domus. She just want him to see her. So she waits for him to kind of leave. And then she sees Jacob Carradine instead so then we're with the uh, with jacob and yeah. um he basically he hasn't finished his orders from the merge role, um where he's obviously supposed to find rand and kill rand and he hasn't finished that and his family are still like one by one basically being killed or disappearing um and he goes back to his you know chamber residence whatever you want to call it Um, and Leandrin is waiting for him because why not Uh, so he is afraid that she's going to kill him because he hasn't finished the Mertral's orders for not killing Rand Um, and he just starts I laughed like I realized that I shouldn't have laughed here because it's obviously like a very dark and intense like thing that's happening but he is like pleading for his life and offering to trade other family members and he's like oh yeah you know like i've got nieces and nephews i have a sister and just like starts rattling off like all of these family members he's willing to you know basically have murdered so that he can stay alive uh, a little bit longer
0: oh yeah it's it's an interesting thing because it's kind of presented as he's like oh man like when he's my sister's dead my you know my person's dead right and then, and then the mergill's there he's like oh but i don't actually like here's more there's tons more like yeah let and me he, live
1: he just starts like it was such a weird
0: uh, think of the panic that would cause like what, what if someone was extorting you somehow mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. were like i'm gonna kill one of your family members every day you know or every every month until you do know until this thing happens like think of the panic that would cause like and the guilt and right i i don't know i i think about that you know when i when i read this part i'm just always like man what a what a crap situation and this guy is a guy who doesn't really care that much right but i i don't know
1: it is a crap situation but i just thought it was funny that he was just like offering up all of these Mm other family, family members to him absolutely anyway so she she's not there to kill him and um she says that she's she's uh wanting him to take over panarch's palace and to send the legion away she refers to him as like her dog or her pet or whatever um it's all very kind of creepy uh to be honest with you yeah and yeah so she she ends up leaving and then we're in her point of view and she's just you know thinking about taking over the palace and as uh, she's heading back to where she's staying with the other um sisters from the black aja um and she gets there and you know they're all kind of doing their own thing some of them are sewing cleaning whatever sweeping um but they are they're all there and they're under the impression somewhere in the palace, there's something that there they're looking for that's going to be able to help them control Rand. So that's why they are there. Indeed. Right. And then, um, yeah, then we go back to Eggie because she goes into her house after all of this and finds an intruder who happens to have these like seeker seeker for the truth tattoos or seeker of the truth um Mm -hmm. and kind of like get a little brief historical rundown of how he would have gotten these and um you know they're kind of like passed down in the family sort of thing um but he he says that he wants any of the soul lamb that she finds to disappear rather than to go back to the, the shan chan um and then we learned that she has Bethamin, one of the Suldam, in her basement, captured and leached. So she's holding her and she's, you know, basically wanting to know if all Suldam can channel because, or is it just, you know, the occasional ones. So clearly there are now like these cracks forming um, that we're seeing
0: because she did not know that
1: they could do that.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, she's uh she's a little bit panicky right now. Mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: I mean, yeah, it's uh it's an interesting situation to say yeah. the least. I yeah. mean, it could be provides a little bit more insight on the Shan Chan. Right. I mean, right.
1: I I mean they've they did feel pretty secretive when you first met them and now. Yeah. I feel like this confirms that they are pretty secretive.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, Okay. You good for the next chapter? As you're ruining my formatting. (laughs) I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. Chapter 39 is a cup of wine. Um,
0: Important notes.
1: Yes. Very, very important notes. Uh, so we're with Elaine now and her and Nynaeve um, arrive in Tangico and they're with Tom and Julian Excuse me. Um, and they they basically, so they get off the boat when they get there and Bale and spots Nynaeve right away and greets her and all this, they end up catching up and they... Tell she ends up telling him after dinner that they are looking for Black Aja and they might need his help, so they're just filling him in. And then while they're there at the end, their Tom is obviously performing, and Elaine just kind of keeps drinking because there's there's a like bar servant who's just keeping her wine glass full. Um, it's kind of funny, yeah. She does not realize that you know she's drunk, and by the time um tom finishes performing he like goes up to his room and she follows him she's drunk and just to tell him that she does remember him and she remembers like bouncing on his knee and all this stuff from when she was a kid so they have this whole drunk interaction before she finally goes back to her room um and naive immediately knows that she's drunk
2: and
0: like, whoa whoa you are skipping so so very much though here
1: The interaction of her with her and Tom,
0: yeah, tons, 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 because she doesn't know about Tom, and his and her mom.
1: No, she learns about that here.
0: Right, right, she does. Um,
1: Because he he, like, uh um, begrudgingly, maybe begrudgingly is the wrong word, but he does say that he was like her court bard. Mm -hmm. and then there's like this whole back and forth between them as elaine is pretty much piecing things together and figures it out
0: right oh but they're but before that like they're talking on the ship Mm -hmm. and like i i even put a show notes i put it put it in the show in our notes here um in our you know just our chat but yeah like uh in chapter 39 around number around minute 16 we
2: oh,
0: yeah. Like yeah like there's they're, they're on the boat and mm-hmm. like elaine's starting to like figure out stuff and then like he, he just like says something to piss her off and mm-hmm. she just gets all angry about it and then she like stops figuring things out like he he keeps like and th- this keeps happening actually mm-hmm. like uh, she even notices it kind of she's like man i have to remember what what is it about him what is it about him and then every time she's about to figure it out he just says something that puts her back up and she's like what how dare a gleeman say that to me right and distract
1: her from what she's trying to figure out
0: yeah it's just funny to see tom just like messing with her Mm -hmm. you know like he he's clearly like way better and and like I don't know, the, her level of condescension of, you know, like, oh, he's just this nice old man. Like, he clearly, it's so funny that he would, you know, Tom is like, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not in tears. I think, I don't think Rand needs me anymore. You know, I, I don't think I need to be there to protect Rand anymore. And she's like, ha 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 ha, well, that's so funny. Like, why would a glee, why would, a, how could a glee man ever protect Rand? Right. She just completely overlooks it. Totally.
2: Mm hmm. Mm hmm.
0: And the way he's able to just manipulate her, is just funny to see, like, you know, she's, she's all, yeah. I don't know, she thinks she has things figured out, and he's like, no, you don't, you don't get it, and I'm just gonna keep, you know, I know exactly what to do to, to <laughs> handle you.
1: Well, like, even here, though, so like, she's clearly, like, drunk and figuring it out and having this whole conversation, and then the next day... Like she remembers it, and Tom's hoping she doesn't remember it. Right. And, and they're both acting like nothing happened.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's awkward.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But but yeah, that, that seems like an important part. So, anyways, we can we can move on if you really want to.
1: Do, do you want to hash it out more?
0: No. Let's, let's go. Let's okay. move.
1: All right. Um. Okay. So then after Elaine goes back to her room and everything and Nynaeve's there you can switch to Nynaeve's point of view because Nynaeve is going to go back into Teller and Riyadh because they're trying to find Egwene they haven't seen her in, in the dream world basically for ever since Egwene got ripped out when she went into it by herself Um, and she wasn't supposed to um, no. anyway so Nynaeve's in the Stone of Tear and she's looking for her and she is um kind of like suddenly all of a sudden she's in, in the waste and she's looking over like at Ruudine, Um, and mm-hmm. she sees this man and all of a sudden a woman tells her to leave or this man will kill her. Um, so she turns and she sees Brigitte, one of the or yeah, Birgit one of the heroes from the from when Matt blew the horn.
0: Brigitte, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then she all of a sudden is in Emmons Field afterwards and sees a man there who looks like Lan. Interestingly enough, mm-hmm. but he shoots an arrow at her and it does like graze her. So she ends up uh, waking up after this, and it's Elaine's point of view. And they're ban- she's bandaging Nynaeve because the arrow obviously did hurt her, which is I think pretty interesting this is yeah. still one of the cool things for of tell Ran Riyadh to me that whatever happens there is actually happening to you physically
0: yeah i think the matrix <laughs> prepared me for that oh <laughs> fair,
1: <mind>. fair enough <laughs>
0: <laughs> the mind makes it real <laughs>
1: yeah um yeah so then and then this is when you know like Nynaeve's helping Elaine because Elaine's hung over and Elaine's bandaging her and Elaine's pretending not to remember this whole thing that happened with Tom and everyone's acting like you know nothing happened the night before <laughs> um but Tom yep. and Julian are discussing looking for the Black adjun. and they're going to turn it into this like sort of competition thing and Elaine wants to help look as well and we learn Nynaeve's got disguises for them to kind of throw off uh leandrin from knowing who exactly is looking for her which i mean i don't know i feel like you would know at this point who's looking for you wouldn't you um or is it just more so that you're not recognized right away
0: well i mean they the 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 Black Aja all know what they look like, like the people that they're chasing. And so if they're wearing things that make it so that their face can't be seen, then they can actually look for these people. They can look for the Black Sisters without actually...
1: Without being noticed as quickly.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cool. Any other thoughts?
0: Oh, so I'm debating here. Mm -hmm. Um so there's this thing like i've hinted at it before there's there's this thing in book two okay this piece of prophecy that that hints at at something that's going on and i actually i think i think now's about the time to point it out so let me let me actually go get my book real quick sorry here here we go okay all right so So you remember in book two, mm-hmm. um, like they have the horn, they have Pad and Fane as their prisoner, all mm-hmm. of this stuff. Um, and then the Trollocs attack and you find out that later that that it's Ingtar who killed everyone and all, you know, yeah. in and everything. But um, uh, like, there's like this huge, there's this thing that was written on the walls and they're not sure oh. who wrote it. Uh, okay. but it's it's like a trolloc or a Merdral or someone it's like dark prophecy though kind of though the
1: one that was in the in blood when um that one
0: yeah yeah so um so then Varen Varen transcribes it though like mm-hmm. she, she translates it and um yeah so there's, there's stuff about land fear right all right, so here's the, here's the stand. Like, this is the third third par- paragraph in. So it says, Luke came to the mountains of doom. Esam waited in the high passes. The hunt is now begun. The shadows hounds now course and kill. One did live and one did die, but both are. The time of change has come. Blood feeds blood, blood calls blood, blah, 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 blah. So, um, so then they're, they're talking about that in mm-hmm. you know that they're like you know analyzing the text after that and um uh let's see so what do you make of it moraine asked Varen. and uh, let's see so talk about land fear a little bit because that's that's touched on it mm-hmm. um okay so other names are clear too mother lord luke of course was brother to tigraine then the daughter heir of andor and he vanished in the blight who esom is or what he has to do with luke i do not know however so um but this luke person mm-hmm. I, I don't know if he sounds familiar to you at all
1: like the other lord luke
0: i don't know <laughs> um
1: like the lord luke in in Emmonsfield seal right now
0: Possibly, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then, uh, let's see.
1: The one the parent doesn't like,
0: right? Uh, well, so okay. So then, so then she doesn't know about who who Esom was. But then a little bit later, though, Moraine says, in her in her own head, she she knew the name. Isam had been the son of Brian, wife of Lane Mandragoran. Whose attempt to seize the throne of Malkier for her husband had brought the Trolloc hordes crashing down. So, uh, Brian and her infant son had both vanished when the Trollocs over- overran Malkir. Ah. So, this is, um, as, and Isam had been blood kin to Lan. Right. So, brothers or cousins or something or
1: um, blood kin
0: yeah yeah like like cousins basically Mm -hmm. right yeah so anyways it's uh interesting the dark prophecy says like one you know like there's uh, i mean i I can't i won't say everything about but um like this mentions this mentions somewhat like these two people like kind of you know there's luke and there's esam Mm -hmm. and um anyways we can we can move on like it's uh it's in book two right so but, i mean anyway so somebody's
1: so, somebody that looks like Lan shot an arrow at Nineve.
0: well they they say that a lot and like they keep they keep mentioning things like like that um, right in the in the text of like he looks like Lan, he could be lens brother he could you know he could be Lan. so anyways um Something. there's hints there's hints at what at who these who some of these people are and i feel i don't know if this is a little bit too premature but the thing is it's in the text previous to this like i'm not giving anything away This right. is just a really obscure like it's part of this prophecy that they you know that they kind of unearthed so right um anyways let's that kind let's, of hints at it it does i mean it, you know and we could talk about more of it probably in the next couple episodes mm-hmm. but it it's worth it's worth noting that yeah like she naive isn't just having a fan fantasy of just like oh i want everyone to look like lan or something right
1: right which is which is fair
0: um
1: yep nope. okay super fair <laughs> okay so next chapter chapter 40 sure which is Hunter of Trollocs. Um, so it's been almost a week, basically. It's been six days since they rescued the Emmons Fielders from the White Cloaks camp. Um, and Fail tells Perrin that the two rivers, are, people of the two rivers, are now calling him Perrin Golden Eyes, you know, because mm-hmm. he gets this nickname. Um, and Lord Luke recommends, because he's there, that they all go to Emmons Field now. And yeah
0: luke luke comes to visit him yeah. with, with Fail. yeah
1: Fael it's like we should him. all we should all go back to emmon's field and he's like no we're we're still hunting trollocs not done right um and gall and the group basically come and tell Perrin that there is a band of trollocs that they could ambush that they've seen one but then they end up getting ambushed themselves and like trapped themselves and trollocs are shooting arrows at them and one ends up hitting uh perrin in his side so after all of this has has ended and they've killed the trollocs uh <laughs> this battle chapter they um
0: <laughs> oh you saw my note. Okay, I, I did
1: this battle chapter that we're getting another one in this in this recap. And oh um Ivan's there and he like cuts off this trolloc's head and or a fade's head, sorry, not a trolloc's head. Um it's just this whole crazy craziness.
0: Um All right, so they get ambushed.
1: Yeah, they get ambushed by Trollocs and Fades, and they are battling and parent gets an arrow to the side, and then you know he's and then they once everything's over they end up hearing there's like music nearby
2: them
0: oh so it's all it's all very suspicious like so so Perrin has been killing Trollocs like he's been killing bands of them and stuff and no one knows how he finds them
1: and success like just just killing them yeah without really losing anybody
0: right yeah I mean they have bows and arrows so it's like they're not they're not fighting hand to hand and stuff and then and then uh Luke and Fael show up and then you know Gaul, who knows how like this is all highly suspicious too, right. Because because Gaul isn't someone, you know, he, he had been telling Perrin like that, you know, without without ego, he's like, they they might try to make me a clan chief. Like this, you know, he's he's a smart guy, he knows his business, and right. he's he's fought Trollocs before and and so they're wait, they're waiting and they get ambushed instead right the the two rivers people yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and then ivan shows up the that's alana's uh, alana's Mm order and alana's
1: sus too Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. well he he does kill a fade and saves perrin and then yeah and then they're they're all i mean then the trollocs are you know going to like they're they're stalking the Emmons fielders but the the Mer- murderer's not with them anymore. So they, uh, you know, it. So Ivan gives them the advice of like, okay, if you're being, if we all look menacing enough, like we're willing to fight, then mm-hmm. maybe they'll go pick easier prey. And right. that's basically what happens. Right. So, you know, it important battle things that are happening here.
1: <laughs> important. Because, okay, this is this is the one where um a, like quite a few of the of the two rivers people die in this one correct
0: yeah like this one? is
1: because this also, is the one where i mean we're going to get into this so this isn't crazy spoiler for an upcoming episode but parent ends up feeling guilty that these people have died
0: right so you're you're saying like you don't care about the the battles you just character care about character development and mm-hmm. this this is a very important aspect of character development because he's feeling crushing guilt of like blur- he's like 27 of my guy or however many 27 of my men have mm-hmm. died because of me and right. it, he's like feeling awful about it so mm-hmm. you know and the fact that he got ambushed is also important so because because it is a it's, it's not just like oh we we had we had a pitched battle like we planned it and 27 people went willingly to their deaths kind of you know like they went into the fight knowing they could die right he was you know he's feeling bad because he got ambushed and he's like i'm the worst person in the world right mm-hmm. which is not true <laughs> it might be
1: it might be maybe parents us
0: yeah just kidding it totally is i think you're sus for not wanting the battle chapters
1: Not that i don't want them there's just there's there's quite a lot that they tend to bleed together
0: um but but they all have important uh like i I don't care about the details of like and then he swung and the guy dodged (laughs) and then and then he you know he taunted him a second time Uh, no i mean like i I don't care about the i don't (laughs) you know i don't care about the dodge and parry and all, all of that stuff like but, but what i do right. care about is the greater strategy and you know like the implications of what happened like that just because a battle happens does it it doesn't mean like there's it's it's not just oh some people were swinging swords like hey they got some exercise it's like hey there's actually <laughs> like you know some some actual implications there right
2: okay there's, Fair. there's
0: meaning there's significance so Fair anyways we'll keep talking about battles don't worry
1: great i'm sure we will <laughs> uh, okay so next chapter chapter 41 mm-hmm. is among the Tuathawan.
0: indeed because
1: you know he heard music nearby so what could that mean so um. they they obviously are seeing the, these Tuathawan wagons and are approaching them um however the aiel won't because the aiel won't approach the quote-unquote lost ones which mm-hmm. i thought was a nice little throwback to all those um um like memories that ran had been seeing he yeah. was in ruidine mm-hmm. anyway um so they make their own camp they won't go where the Twelfth one are camping they camp separately um but rain and isla are there so they come back okay. and they're helping to bandage everyone but um isla can't she can't heal parents can't remove the arrow um and is like, well, if we can keep him alive, we can we can get to Edmunds Field and someone there can, can do it. Um so that's their that's their plan. And then Aram enters because he's still around too.
0: Hey, and so Aram is is obnoxious as hell, actually. Oh, so yeah. so one thing you neglected to mention is that the Perrin has what? an arrow in him.
1: Yeah, I said I said that Isla couldn't take it out.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, okay. I was just ignoring you, and that's okay, why so, Faiil
1: was like, if we can keep him alive, we we can get him back to Emmons yep. Field. They'll be able to do it.
0: Yeah, you probably said that stuff. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so so Aram comes in and and I'll trap her. Sorry, were you talking again?
1: Sorry, right, go on. So Aram comes in
0: <laughs> and and he's just like is he going with you what's going on what's and, and parents mm-hmm. like i'm injured a-hole like yeah there's an arrow in me like freaking leave i don't have time for your nonsense and aram's like just talk 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 talk, talk. and it's it's like can you just shut up dude like I, like how, how obnoxious like you have an arrow in you mm-hmm. like you just got done like losing a bunch of your men. You're like you feel you're feeling crushing and guilt, and some guy comes in. He's like, "Hey, you remember that hot girl you were with a while ago when I met you? Like, <laughs> is she still here? What, what's she doing? What's she up to? Like, what's she wearing? Like, it's just, it's just so, so obnoxious." <laughs> and, and I'm and oh, parents man. and it's like, can you just freaking leave? You're, you're the most obnoxious person in the world. Like, I have an arrow in me, and you're asking mm-hmm. about some random girl. Like. Uh, so I, stupid and and he's he's like checking out Fael too
1: yeah uh, well yeah and I I though I really do like the parent hasn't really changed his tune here with Aram he's like he was rude with him before and he is rude with him now like he's like nah yep. just get out of here go away yeah don't have time for your nonsense didn't have time for it then still don't have time for it now
0: yeah I'm like, <laughs> I, 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 I have a high opinion of Aram in this chapter. Clearly,
2: I can tell.
0: <laughs> it's just so obnoxious, like you have an arrow sticking out of you, and some guy just comes in, and I don't know. It's like he's supposed to be. I mean, oh, whatever. I just if if I if I talked to someone who had an arrow in them, yeah, and who was clearly laying it like in a bed because they couldn't like move.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Really, I'm, I'm probably not going to ask a bunch of inane, obnoxious questions. Probably.
1: Right, right.
0: Unless I'm Aram.
1: Unless you're Aram, man. Dude, dude does, hasn't learned.
0: Yeah, he yeah. hasn't. He hasn't.
1: So he does. He does eventually leave, though.
0: Oh, finally! Yeah, once parents yeah. just like you know what, dude.
1: Get The hell like, out of
0: here? If I didn't have an arrow in me, <laughs> <laughs> like they kick your skinny ass oh, up and down the, the wagons. Yeah, like oh.
1: I, <laughs> so. so <laughs> okay, so Aram leaves, he's gone. Um, yeah. and then the, him, Perrin, and Fayil end up having this conversation, and he's asking about who her parents are and her dad because she keeps mentioning mm-hmm. her father to him. And that's when he realizes that she is a lady and she claims that she ran away, that she wanted to be um, uh, a hunter for the horn. So she she took off. She didn't want to learn like, follow like the family traditional footsteps and whatnot. And then she asks him what Aram, because Aram mentioned something to, to Perrin about and his so- inane questions about running with wolves. so So, she's
0: uh, like what's this mean okay so real quick though like Mm -hmm. you skipped over the the battle part of this too like her her dad is the
1: oh yeah that was like a really long title
0: (laughs) yeah he's he's like he's he's the commander of all of the the armies of Mm -hmm. her her nation like Mm -hmm. he's he's like he's he's one of the great generals like well we'll actually meet him eventually I, you know davran bashir is a really cool character so um but he's he's uh he's a general mm-hmm. like he's, he's one of the great captains i think is what they call him one of the top five in the whole world so um anyways
1: important to to know
0: i thought it was important That's but fair. yeah she, she's also cousin to queen tenobia of right. like she's she's not that far away in the line of succession. In fact, mm-hmm. I mean, far enough away, but but like she's just as, as far as nobility goes in in Saldea, it's uh, she,
1: she's she's yeah. up there.
0: Yeah, right. Hold on, am I saying the right country, Saldea, Um Whatever country she is, she's in a borderland country too. Yeah, I so. think
1: she's Saldea, isn't she?
0: Yeah, I always get saldea confused with what was the first place that we were in the first borderlands place that the eye of the world and stuff um i'm looking here you're talking about you're not talking about foam no Um, no there's saldea candorelifer shinar oh yeah it was shinar okay yeah so she's saldean yeah okay they just both have you were talking about how everyone has similar names and everything similarly named
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, I mean, not that Sal Psy si- <laughs> um, Saldea. Shinar,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Shinar. and Sidar. Wait. Right? Um <laughs> and, and <Saldea>.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yep. But anyways, anyways. So they're uh, they're doing their so uh, anyway, so she's she's pretty high, she's pretty high ranking for her country. But but right. then yeah, she asks about the wolves.
1: Yeah, so then Perrin, you know, has to explain this whole thing to her about his wolf connection and you know what's been happening so they have this like actual meaningful yeah. conversation
0: yeah like,
1: which is mind-boggling to me
0: but yeah like it's not expected right i mean like no. after after she like manipulates loyal after she does all this stuff and mm-hmm. you know like she's so obnoxious and then and then they actually yeah like talk and like she's not all judgy about it. Like mm-hmm. he, he's waiting for her to just be like, "Oh, like you could talk to wolves, okay?" Like I'm done. See with you. you. Yeah. Yeah. But but she's like, if you really do have that good of hearing, I'm gonna have to watch out. I say, yeah. Like, like
1: she just kind of goes with it.
0: Yeah, which I mean, that like huge. She she gets points with with me for that. Like I like her more for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like everyone's got their issues and. Uh, not, not that we have to just accept everyone's issues blindly or anything, but, you know, like accepting people for who they are, especially if they're not like hurting you for it, like accepting and then just like continuing on. I mean, I, th- I think that's a sign of maturity. So, right. I, I liked that part. Plus yeah. I just think it's funny. Like parents like, Whoa, she's a noble, like this is crazy. How how could she like a blacksmith like me?
1: Right. And she just goes with it, doesn't? Yeah.
0: yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um. Any Any more thoughts? No. No. All right. So chapter forty two is a missing leaf. Um. So. Uh. Perrin is asleep. He's in the wolf dream, and he's near Evans Field and he sees ravens in the sky all this fun stuff and he stops at the way gate they came through the one that uh loyal ended up taking the leaf from the inside and putting it on the outside so that it was locked um
2: yeah
1: um locked from the outside anyway so he notices that there's only one leaf there now and yeah. it's clearly no longer locked the way gate opens and then he close it closes like he doesn't Really see what's going on, but he is assuming that there are more trollocs are entering Emmonsfield. That it's not somebody leaving Emmonsfield, um, yeah. and then he senses that he's being watched, uh, so he kind of starts hiding, and and then it's like this sounds stupid to say a cat and mouse game, but it's basically a hiding cat and mouse game with with Slayer, um, and he notices that he resembles Lion. Oh really? Mhm. Oh. Funny, funny that
0: that is. I'm laughing. Ha ha
1: ha. Mhm. But he he tells Perrin that you know lots of Trollocs died to Machin Shin inside of the Waygate when they locked it from the outside here, and mm-hmm. that they are all they're coming to to Two Rivers to kill Perrin because you know these Trollocs died, and it's like I guess getting revenge or whatever, um and. Perrin ends up thinking that like he gets the sense that maybe he he's trying to be lured into into like a trap so he deliberately um ends up waking himself up out of the wolf dream instead of following and he tells all about the way gate when he wakes up because she's yep. there, and uh she insists that you know they need to go to diamond's field to heal him because he's still got this arrow in his side right and uh because he he's like oh the way gate the way gate obviously wants to go and you know they're uh she's like no we got to go get you healed
0: yeah so yeah so, so
1: uh so that's that's fun about the way gate fun news there
0: yeah, yeah. way gates open way gate's open yeah just
1: keep keep on coming come on in <laughs> yeah um so afterwards though after after parent wakes up he has this conversation with Bail, he ends up talking to rain and he's trying to convince him to bring the like to to move the tinkers and the wagons and everything to Emmonsfield and and go to emmons field and he doesn't want to um but anyway they're they're making their way down there afterwards they leave and they see that you know all these trees have been cut down and it doesn't really like it's the same but a little bit different and they've got these like there's like a fence of stakes that's going up and catapults are being built and like clearly everyone there is just working on turning the the village into this like i don't want to say a fortress but they're just working on defending it and yeah kind of cool that's awesome yeah right like you yeah. go down and and see that and anyway so the parent goes back into town and everyone is like admiring him and calling parent golden eyes and mm-hmm. you know um i think he even sees there's like a wolf banner in the town square yeah like they've put one up um anyway so he
0: yeah well and they find out that it's it was one of the ice Sedai who who crafted that like who helped them find you know figure out what the what to do with the flag and everything
1: yeah and they yeah so it's it's a nice little thing that's going on here um but oh
0: the ice that i touch is like oh what, what, what are they doing with the flag like what are they trying to do but but yeah it's cool like
1: are they trying to manipulate
0: well clearly like they mm-hmm. want they're trying to they're trying to accomplish something
1: hmm um yeah, so he's he's now obviously back in the village and Varon looks at his wound and is like, yeah, this is this definitely needs Alana to to heal. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and then I think I think it was so- in this chapter <laughs> that somebody mentioned that Alana's kind of been wandering away on her own. <laughs> I think it was in this one.
0: Well, it was actually before the Trollocs was... attacked. Um, Fael came to talk to when they when they were coming to visit Perrin. Like Fael was with Lord Luke, and she said, "Oh, and I have a message from Loyal." Right. Like, like Alana's been off. You know, she left a few times. Like he's he's been kind of keeping track of her because remember that was the mm-hmm. reason Perrin gave Loyal for not coming with them. Right to
1: to watch her, and right. she's been going off on her own.
0: Correct. Um, yep
1: not sus at all
0: oh nope, not at all nope. uh let's see so yeah there's something else there i forget now we can continue
1: okay um okay so chapter 43 is care for the living and this is where Varen, you know takes parent to so that alana can heal him and Hel- they have to wait because Ivan has to go find her because she's been taken off on her own.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um,
1: and during this process, there's like these boys from town, old friends, parents, whatever, that are asking all about what it's like outside of the two rivers and what the, you know all these other countries are like and cities are like that they've been to, and it's kind of um, I don't know. I thought it was a little. Humorous is probably the wrong word, but it's fun to read because you realize there are all of all of these people who never like they've never left and they probably never will leave. Like that's where they'll they'll stay and they want to learn hear about all of this like grand story from Perrin and what he's been doing. Yeah. Yeah. You know. um, all,
0: all this while he has an arrow in him. <laughs>
1: hmm. I feel like. <laughs> you know what? He's he's being a good sport and putting up with their questions, I guess, while he's waiting.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. He's you know he wants to he wants to bolster their spirits and stuff.
1: Yeah. Um. But they do ask. They also ask about like uh, Matt and Rand, and he's really vague about them, like what they're doing and where they are, because he doesn't want anything that points back to Rand possibly would point to ram being dragon reborn so he just says super big sure. um and then he ends up telling loyal that the way gate is being used again and it's being used by trollocs and loyal gets really upset with himself here that he like locked it how with how he locked it and you can just it's very loyal he just is like beating kind of beating himself up a little bit mm-hmm. over the fact that he didn't think about the fact that you know it could still be used from the outside if he had locked it right. from the outside and he didn't want to destroy it and oh just very loyal yeah
0: loyal, very like, loyal. Yeah, we gotta... yeah
1: um and then finally alana shows up you know because he still got that arrow in his side and she's like yep we're gonna we're gonna do it it's gonna be difficult and it may fail but we'll we'll try and parent faints because he's in pain
0: yeah they put they put something in his teeth like they have a bunch of people like holding him down yeah they're like this is gonna hurt this is gonna hurt Perrin like here's you know bite this thing and he he snaps the thing that he's biting and then passes out
2: yeah yeah yeah
0: Yeah.
1: um cool so any any thoughts before the last two chapters here
0: um not really I mean they're
1: they're pretty straightforward uh,
0: everyone's been treating Perrin with some some reverence it's kind of fun I guess it's
1: kind of fun a little bit well he has an arrow on his side
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah all right well I, I guess the the thing that we should point out too is just that he he is um you know like everyone everyone from when oh that that was what I was going to mention okay so they they with the Tinkers and then he tries to talk the Tinkers into going with him to Emmons Field. And right. the Tinkers are like, no, we're not going to go to a town. And, and, you know, he's like, no, please reconsider it. And, and like the Tinker leader is like, oh, I don't even know how you get me to consider this, but, you know, should we do this people? And, uh, you know, the, the rest of the two other one are like, nah, let's, let's not do it. You know, even though they know that Trollocs are near, and right? So, uh, which, is, mention, which,
1: which is why he wants them to move he wants them yeah. to be out of the like line of fire the trial
0: yeah. so he, he wants them to be safe mm-hmm. yeah and so uh, the other the other part of it is um uh, when did they get to the tinkers this is rewinding just a little bit like he gets he knows all the ritual greetings because he's already seen the tinkers and his like legend grows in front of his men everyone's like what he knows what to say to the tinkers you know because mm-hmm right reading and everything it's it's just fun
1: right that's a good point it kind of just adds to his like grandeur for them yeah yeah it does yeah i think um okay so chapter 44 is the breaking storm and Mm -hmm. so it's been obviously so Perrin has fainted and then he has been out for however long when he wakes up and fayel has been sitting there and she's like, nope, you've got to keep resting for another couple of days. Um, And, uh, you know, I think he like notes to himself that she's clearly just been sitting waiting for him to wake up for however long he's been passed out for. And is acting kind of like, he can tell that she's holding something back essentially. And so she Mm -hmm. finally admits to him that that loyal and gall ended up leaving that morning to go deal with the way gate and the fact that it's you know open again and the trolls are coming through it so he tries to he's like insisting on going to help them and she's like no like you need to stay and get back in bed and they're arguing Mm -hmm. and he gets up and he ends up wanting to leave and she's just trying to like hold like pull him back on his one arm um and he goes and because exactly like she said, he needs to rest and he's too weak and he goes <laughs> to walk down the stairs. And there's,
0: yeah, the line, the line is so good. It's like, it was the stairs that betrayed him. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> because, I mean, I, his leg betrayed him because his leg couldn't hold his weight and they both fall down the stairs.
0: <laughs> right. Well, well, yeah. It like, is a good so.
1: line though. <laughs>
0: yeah it just just makes me laugh you know he's he's being stubborn but yeah she's like well if if you can if you can actually get out of the bed and actually put your clothes on then you can go and so mm-hmm. he does it like and, and he's naked under the covers and he's just like i'm not gonna let her bully me so he just gets out out of bed naked and just, mm-hmm. you know puts his clothes on and she's like oh my gosh you can't you can't actually go and
1: she's like i didn't think he would actually do this kind of thing
0: right he called her
1: bluff and
0: yeah so so that they fall down the stairs and -hmm. she's like on top of him Mm -hmm. and and uh mistress elvire comes and sees them and he he realizes that it looks like they're just playing kissing games it's <laughs> <laughs> real awkward
1: oh man right but then they, they weren't and but then while the this has happened he ends up hearing that there's like a troll he, they hear a cry that there's a trollic outside Or everyone parent also wants to go investigate this and she's like no no um and finally like succumbs and is like if you ride your horse you can't get down and fight like just stay on your horse no fighting kind of thing um mm. but so they they get out there and they realize it's only one trolloc and you know somebody's killed it um but bane and and she had said there are hundreds of trollocs that are preparing to attack yeah so um everyone in emmons field ends up kind of like rallying and like tam and abel are all there and they're kind of like yelling at everyone to get to their posts and and get to their places and get ready because trollocs are are coming um and eventually like when they get close enough they start shooting like the catapults and the arrows at them and everything and they kill off all all of the trollocs and fades before they reach the village um, so everyone is so excited that they did this and no one was injured and then uh tam Tomas end up going to investigate like the the battlefield of where the trollocs were and they kind of realized like this was actually probably a test for us and uh you know like not a they weren't trying to actually come into the into the village
0: right. well and tam tam is like uh, tam asks in the middle of the fight mm-hmm. like like um uh, he says like at 500 paces parent and Perrin's like well sure why are you asking me yeah but
1: parents in charge all of a sudden
0: right well well yeah so so yeah like they think it's just going it's just a feint but but mm-hmm. you know everyone's celebrating and uh well you know uh, bran alvir is like a fine victory you've led us to my boy
1: yeah and, yeah they're all celebrating
0: yeah and and, it's all yay th- parent you know right
1: right but then like also so this is all happening they're all celebrating they're all happy and then there's like a massive commotion they that hear at the other end of the village so mm-hmm. maybe it was a distraction
0: oh mayhap
1: mayhap um cool so last chapter we'll talk about chapter 45 which is the tinker's sword mm-hmm. so they all rush to the other side of emmon's field and they um they're rushing because they're hearing shouts that Trollocs are attacking the other side of of the town. So they get there, and then uh, they they realize that it's not Trollocs; it's the Tinkers. So the Tuatha'an have come come down.
0: Right. Oh, oh yeah. So so then he's like, "Hey, you like everyone stop shooting arrows? Like you're shooting at Tinkers? Are you kidding me? Like, okay, guys, it's safe to come in." <laughs> and this is such an interesting part though like so so like that then the Emmons fielders are like no we don't want dirty tinkers here like this is ridiculous we don't want tinkers and and he's like are you kidding me like are you really suggesting that we allow children you know Mm -hmm. who are with the with the tinkers to just be out there for with the trollocs and all the people who were originally like taking the stance of like anti-tinker like of course, we're not going to let children like <laughs> they like are so they like start arguing with each other, like trying to, you know, like, no, of course, we don't want to, you know, like, we're, it's just this really funny situation where they're trying to they're jockeying with each other of trying to convince each other,
1: yeah, know, that it's fine, like they can come into the village and,
0: yeah, yeah, but but I thought I thought that was it's one of the most powerful moments because, like, so, Perrin. Karen plays the role of reluctant leader pretty well like he doesn't want to he doesn't think he should be in charge and there are a lot there are people who have more experience than him and stuff oh but he's gonna be kind of thrust into this role but like there's this that like this is one of those moments of like he goes over and he's just expecting to hear you know someone else come and you know take over and no one is and he's like no like we're not letting tinkers Mm -hmm. out, stay out there. Like this is so crazy of you guys Are you suggest it like, you know, and Mm -hmm. they're like, and they totally back down and defer to him. Like it's this really powerful moment.
1: It's interesting too, because in the last chapter, like you were saying like Tam is like, okay, so like 500 paces and like asking him for his leadership and guidance. And he's like, I don't know why you're asking me kind of thing. But then in times like this, he just steps into that role naturally and they listen to him. Yeah so it's a nice little like it's exactly what you said where he's reluctant to do it and it's almost like he just does it subconsciously anyway
0: yeah so (laughs) to rewind just a tiny bit i I did like in the during the bat like right right as the trollocs are charging Mm -hmm. like the they start start, some of the archers start shooting like way before they should and Mm -hmm. tam calls them all like lack-witted sheep brains or something and some of the men started muttering to themselves about not having to stand up for that kind of language, even if Trollocs are attacking, like, <laughs> <laughs> like they're, they're just like willing to just like throw down their arms to, you know, like go start a fight with Tam in the middle of it. Just yeah. Cause, yeah. Cause of the That's,
1: language.
2: Right.
0: It, it's a like, little. well, I, I think I'd probably be okay with someone calling me something awful in, in the middle of that stressful situation. But. Right. Oh yeah. man, I'm like I need to start calling people lackwitted sheep brains more often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> don't call me one. Yeah. Uh.
0: The re- the rest of this chapter is so interesting to me though because it, the whole time Perrin is trying to go mm-hmm. follow loyal like he's gonna try looking for a way yeah to join loyal and gall and people just keep asking him advice of like what do we do here Perrin like what do you think Perrin what you know I and he's always he solves their problems though like he figures it out like
1: well I mean a lot of it is like him like just reversing the question too mm -hmm. which is funny right because we've I mean we haven't had a conversation about that in particular but it's similar to the what do you think it says
2: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah.
1: And it's like, well, what do you think you sh- what do you think you should do? What do you think mm-hmm. is the is the whatever reaction?
0: Well, that's, that's what I always do with my kids. Like my boys are <laughs> all up it's great that they they're curious, they want to know, but I'm always like, well, I'm not just going to tell you. Like you guys right. out, you know, use your brains, you know. So, it's like, "Daddy, why why is this?" You know, "Why why is why is this? Why is the lion's mouth so big?" I'm like, "Why do you think it's so big?" Oh, so maybe it can fit more food. Uh, maybe you know. Like,
1: like, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's it's, it's an it's effective fair. strategy, yeah. Because then you're thinking for yourself. Oh, it's good. So, um,
0: but but he does he does have a certain amount of you know like he he problem solves too. Like the the interesting thing about parent point of views is even. Like, so so we see some of the truth about him and then like, it, it's kind of fun because there's layers of truth here. Mm-hmm. And and this is one of my favorite things about about his writing is uh, not everything, like everyone is just a little bit, like you can't really trust the it's an unreliable narr- narrator. Like, right. know, it's all from his perspective. And so mm-hmm. even though we see him do heroic things and then he'll say like, no, I'm not a hero uh, or something like there are also things that he just doesn't see himself as heroic about but we get to see it any like we we Mm -hmm. get to see like what other people think of him what he thinks of himself but then we also get to see like the truth where you know in the middle like Robert Jordan does a really good job of like kind of layering it for us and and this is one of those things of like you know he genuinely believes that he isn't solving any of the problems and yet there's one time that it's like okay there's the the fletcher in town making he can't make enough arrows of course one person can't make enough arrows for the whole you know like army that's forming mm-hmm. and and uh, like so that that guy is like not he's refusing to have anyone else help or anything and so Perrin comes in and just gets a bunch of kids to come and help so the guy's like business isn't threatened it's just you know like he just needs hands to help make the the arrows but but that's something that Perrin cleverly thought of his uh, on his own right and, and, but he he refused like he doesn't even see it as something he came he's like oh yeah he just solved it on it you know like the the fletcher solved it on his own right he doesn't see it as him solving the problem right which i i don't know i just thought that that was an in, it, it's a it's another layer of you know of truth of what you know what he sees what we see what the actual truth is what the people you know think of him and it's yeah. like well maybe he is actually pretty good at problem solving and you know he's always you know takes his time to think through things and he knows he's not stupid even if other people kind of have had that perception you know
1: <laughs> think that maybe he is or
0: they, yeah, oh. yeah poor, poor guy Perrin.
1: poor parent right. um yeah so all of this is going on though um which is which is great because i, I like seeing this this tweaked parent um mm-hmm. and then that really cool g- guy lord luke comes back with with a murdral head mm-hmm. and he starts talking about how he's he defeated all these trollocs all by himself and
0: he's pretty dang fancy
1: yeah So how how cool
0: how mm-hmm. cool is this um
1: and parents like i'm too tired to deal with this guy i don't like and too hungry and all obviously he excuse me he heads back to the inn
0: oh uh, yeah. Oh man, I should just, because you're talking about Luke here. Um, oh, okay. Rewinding even way further back when, so when Fael and, and Luke came and visit him at, at the very start, mm-hmm. um, he he also had mentioned, like he'd done some like, kind of like asking around and every time a farm had been burned, like Lord Luke had visited oh, yeah. it re- just pretty recently and Fael's like, you're like. You can't possibly think he's actually a dark friend. Like he's helped with the defenses. He's done all this. Like he's killed, you know, mm-hmm. Trollocs and Merger. Like he's done all this stuff. Like, he, like there's no way he's a dark friend. And, right. and you know, Perrin says something like kind of flirting with her to kind of throw her off. But you know, he's like, well, the only person I trust in this world is you, kind of thing. Right. You know, Fael, and she's she's just like, oh. He thinks, he thinks i'm fancy <laughs>
1: <laughs> no i for, i forgot that they had had that discussion when when she came um because i remember when when that happened being like oh that's an interesting little thing just right in there um yeah mm-hmm. so him coming in now is even more even more suspicious
0: susser and susser yeah Gosh, that's such an awkward way to say don't, things. Well, don't
1: say it like that, please.
0: <laughs> <I wouldn't>. um, <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't tell me not to say it like that. Oh, like, like that, please. Oh
1: man. Um anyways they're in the they're in the inn and Aram is there and he's asking up more questions about
0: you know the spears
1: on the wall and who owns them and all this kind of stuff. And then he he uh ends up taking one um down.
0: Well, because yeah, cool, parrot parents like no don't like don't don't worry no one's gonna try to hurt you with that like Mm -hmm. they're for anyone to take you know but don't worry like no because he thinks that as a tinker that Aram's concerned that he's gonna like get attacked or something right oh and and the tinkers had had been attacked by the way and a ton of them had died and his including Aram's mom and uh, you know his parents are, are gone and you know, not many of the wagons are left, and it's it's you know, like a really tragic thing, mm-hmm. you yeah, know. But but Aram, yeah. So, anyways, sorry. Continue.
1: Yeah. So he, but well, that's it. Like like parents says not It's it's for anyone to take to like defend yourself. Um, and uh Isla's is the one she sees him taking and is like trying to get him to not take it and and to take the sword away from him. Mm-hmm. and parents like no like he he can do it he has the right to be able to defend himself and he should you know he tells Aram to go find Tam and, and get Tam to teach him
0: oh well it's, it's so like you you you've like kind of fast forward the interaction so much but it's um it, it's just this it's this replay of what Rand saw in the pillars of mm-hmm. like someone wants to defend themselves and the people yeah. who are following the way of belief are like like go f yourself like you're not even part mm-hmm. of us like kind of you know don't look at me you have the face of a son I used to have right kind yeah of thing, you mm-hmm. know like no you're not and, and it's it's just the most disgusting thing again like like a you, history
1: repeating itself thing
0: well, like, if you really love someone and they make a decision that's not, I mean, maybe it's, maybe it is just, you know, something you don't stand for at all. Like, if you truly love them, are, like, should you just be like, oh, okay, well, like, oh, then I'll never talk to you. Or should you be like, let me work with you. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I feel like if, if my sons decide to, you know, if they just did something bad or whatever they decided to do something bad when they're older i'm not gonna just be like like screw you you know like right i'm never talking to you like that doesn't show love that just shows that shows selfishness that so shows like just your own stubbornness like it doesn't show your willingness to like even if you like you know on on some level know that the person is is wrong like you think you know you're wrong at least like helping them move past it or at least just showing love and be like you know what that one thing doesn't totally define you right you know i still love you like it, it's crazy to me that they, that people can do this and yet we, we see this we all see this in real life you know
1: all the time you see it everywhere
0: yeah i i i'm just constantly like like I, I know I know one lady who re- just, just real recently, a lady who, you know, I, I went to I grew up going to this person's church and stuff. And I I really like this lady, but you know, she just recently found out that her daughter had um, you know, like was, was lesbian. And mm-hmm. you know, because she's in the church, like this is the a, a big deal suddenly. And um like wh- whatever side you you sit on on that, I, I guess I just really like the way she handled it 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 was you know she basically just said well like i'm never talking to you again like she she, oh that's heartbreaking they won't talk she won't talk to she won't even she won't acknowledge her as her daughter like she it's just just like all those years that they had together are Mm -hmm. just like basically just thrown aside and wasted and it's like (laughs) Even if you think that that lifestyle is bad, and I'm not saying at all that, that, uh, but even if you do think that, don't you think that it would be worthwhile to actually stand with with your, you know, your loved one and actually.
1: Right, have them in your life. I don't know,
0: like get, get over yourself and actually, actually like show them actual love, not just if it's convenient to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm, I'm just ranting, I'm sorry, I just, it, it's this is very real though like this is it, this is one of those things
1: it's one of those things that is like it's there and it's clearly a uh like a narrative device so to speak and like he's making it tie back in like you said but it also just has so many um like connections that you can make into real life
0: as right. well right Right. yeah i mean yeah loving someone isn't necessarily convenient you right now right so anyways
1: yeah um okay so this has happened and then and then white cloaks get there mm-hmm. Yeah. that just, just keep keep piling on everyone that's arriving at emmons field um so they get there and Bornholm's there and he's in command and, um, you know, he says, like, the, the Terran Ferry is pretty much wiped out. Some, some managed to cross the river, but it's pretty much done. Um, they lost, you know, they lost 50 men or however many it is. Um, and Luke is surprised to hear about this. So he's obviously, you know, chatting with them. And he wants to know if or was at Terran ferry um so yeah. luke is more and more interesting so sure. anyway um and and so bornhold says that you know parents going to be under arrest he's going to take him to be tried um and you know, Brian kind of steps and he's like, no, no, no. Like you, you don't have any proof. Like you can't arrest people without proof of anything. Um, so things are obviously like super tense because they want to arrest them. And they're like, no, you can't do it. whatever. Anyway. So parent kind of gives them this like compromise solution type thing that, you know, the the White Cloaks could stay there and and help defend the village against the Trollocs because the Trollocs are are going to be attacking. Um, And he doesn't, you know, he says like, he doesn't want them to fight each other when the Trollocs are the bigger problem. Like they should work together and take the Trollocs out as a team, so. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah and that's that's the chapter
0: and that's it that's it for the the parent arc and yeah so what his
1: his leadership growth
0: yeah well at some point he's like oh well now i can't actually get to gaul or loyal like there's no way yeah I can reach them
1: so they're they are doing their own way gate
0: stuff Waygate things Waygate things Hashtag Waygate things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, mm-hmm. who's the most annoying character?
1: Ooh. Um. Honestly, it sounds so weird to say because she's only in it briefly, but I I kind of want to say Avienda.
0: Okay.
2: She's
1: annoying.
0: She is.
1: Um. I don't. Files didn't annoy me at all actually during these chapters right um and obviously like parent didn't annoy me i don't think they did anything dumb uh yeah i guess yeah. like a- elaine could be a little bit annoying but i find elaine actually just kind of be kind of funny okay when she's when she's drunk um yeah i'm leaning towards avienda
0: who? I just thought it was funny that Elaine kept having some guy just kept filling her wine glass. She's like, I couldn't have drank more than one glass. I would never get that. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, she she didn't drink
1: more than one glass. It just kept, I know. Kept just refilling.
0: Bottomless glass, so Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Who
1: who's the most annoying character for you then?
0: Well, I I don't know. I, I mean, there was that scene with Aram.
1: Oh yeah, Aaron, I already blocked him out of my memory.
0: I thought he was annoying, but then but then he had that tragic thing happen, you know, and he he was like, if I had I'd have been able to save my mom if, if I had had a sword, mm-hmm. you know, like it's it's like this heartbreaking like I could have saved her and and they're just like, nah man, like but the, there is no excuse for violence at any point. And I'm like, right. Huh. <sighs> I don't know uh, the that whole the whole like pacifism at any cost is is just so crazy to me and uh, so i think at the end i i think even though she's a relatively minor character i think that isla from the tuathuan who was like oh mm-hmm. it was just like you know what you're not my you're not part of us you're not you're not I'm, i will never talk to you again kind of thing mm-hmm. to her grandson like how could how could you do sad. that it's sad and it's awful of her,
2: mm-hmm. and,
0: and it,
1: mm-hmm. it makes her the Mac.
0: I think so. Mm-hmm. That's that's my opinion, at least. Maybe we could maybe we could just say assorted tinkers, assorted tinkers. <laughs> Cause, well, because Aram <laughs> was annoying at one point too.
1: <laughs> it's true. Oh man. Um. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so
0: Who's Max are sus? done. Ooh. The susist.
1: The sussist.
0: As you might say.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, so at first I was like, I was like, Jason Natale is pretty sus. And now I'm kind of okay. like trying to figure out what he's actually trying to do. And I don't think it's as sus as I originally thought. Alana is definitely still up there, and uh Lord Luke is way up there
0: um okay so most us
1: most oh so not all of the sus.
0: yeah let's let's just like list every person
2: mm-hmm. okay
1: um well none of the trollocs had names so i can't give you any named trollocs there um <laughs> i think if you See I don't I don't know if I'm if I'm leaning this way because I just didn't really like Luke from the beginning like I don't know he just doesn't seem like a likable character so I feel like because of that I I find Alana to be more sus than him
0: more sus than who
1: than Luke okay And i'm trying to figure out if it's because she's actually more sus than luke or if it's because i just kind of just don't really like luke good question um but i'm gonna go with lana followed very closely by
0: luke all right cool
1: cool so um next week then we'll read six chapters right 46 Mm. to 50 is that seven or
0: six. I don't I don't remember. I wasn't because if you did the math wrong math wrong, I was just trying seven.
1: to seven. It's seven chapters.
0: 46
1: to 52. Okay. Okay. So seven chapters, 46 to 52.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then that's right. We will not alter that schedule. That's what we're sticking to.
0: Until we change it. Correct. Mm-hmm.
1: Anything else you would like to add?
0: I think that's about it this this is a good one um
1: yeah lots of parent yeah. parent stuff
0: yeah well in a lot of ways this is Perrin's book kind of like this is mm-hmm. this is yeah um, it
1: definitely feels like that
0: I, and I, I feel like this is where we start really getting into the meat of like the we, we don't we don't get to see it fully realized in all on all the characters, but like the three like Taviran boys are starting to become a little bit right. You know, especially in this arc, like we had Matt with all of the different mm-hmm. memories and like he remembers all these battles. And then, you know, Rand is, you know, trying to, you know, become the chief of chiefs of the entire mm-hmm. Aiel clans and and Perrin is, you know, reluctantly accepting leadership of, of the two rivers of Edmonds field, at least. And Mm -hmm. it's just a, it's just a cool time.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I agree. I like it.
0: Yeah. It's
1: picking up. All all right. Call it good. So thank you everybody for listening. May you always find water and shade.